The following podcast has coarse language, sensitive subjects, and might leave you with goosebumps. Listener discretion is advised. I believe, if you're open to it, that we all have guardian angels. About a year ago, I lost my best friend, my dog, Pilot. As I navigated through my grief, I feel like he was looking out for me. Anytime I'd commute to the city, traffic would always be a little lighter. Whenever I'd look for parking, there was always the most perfect spot available for me, right in front of where I wanted to go. Anytime I ordered french fries, they always arrived hot and salty. He knew how much I was hurting, and tried to help me with little wins. He would always take care of me, and I don't believe death can break a bond like that. With an open heart and an open mind... It can continue to exist. Your guardian angel will protect you. They look out for you when you're in trouble. And they will definitely try to protect you from any stranger souls that try and intervene. Welcome to the world beyond the veil. This is Geist. spooky encounter, it always leaves you questioning if it actually happened. It's just a ghost story. But it gets even spookier when your encounter is validated. Then it's not really a ghost story anymore. It's a haunting. For Kay and her husband Derek, along with their children, Lila and Charlie, that's exactly what happened. But they had someone on the other side to help protect them along the way. I was into the whole spirit thing. My brother had passed away a few years back. And uh, from that point on, I was just a little bit more aware. And I did feel like I wasn't alone, but I just kind of felt like it was my big brother watching over me. Cam was the, there was three kids in my family. I was the youngest. I have an older brother. And then Cam was closest in age. And we had kind of the same group of friends and we party together and yeah, he was, he was a friend and a brother and a protector and all of these things. I guess he passed away about 15 or 16 years ago. But yeah, he was just a really great person. And you know, after so long's passed, it's nice to, I'm glad I had him for however long I had him. He was coming home from a bar in a neighboring town from where I grew up and decided to walk home and he was hit by a truck on his way home. So, and I guess he's still here because he keeps popping up in these random ways. So it's nice. Cam let his family know that he was still around, through subtle hints that only they would get. Before my parents sold the family home, uh, there was a long hallway leading into his bedroom, and Cam liked to party quite a bit, and so uh, sometimes when he was a little tipsy, he'd lean against this wall and lean himself into his bedroom. And uh, some mornings after the accident, the paintings would be crooked. Uh, especially when there was like a boisterous night in the house. If I'd be hanging out with my mom, we'd have too many drinks. It wasn't like anybody else was leaning against the wall at that height to be able to knock them all over. But um, yeah, so he'd he'd present himself in different ways. So Uh, We moved to Hamilton 
I guess about three years ago, we picked a house in a very cute little neighborhood. A realtor said there was like pretty much all like-minded, you know, Toronto expats living there and uh, a lot of kids the same age. So it sounded pretty well perfect. You know, lots of old trees, the escarpment around the back. It's beautiful. We had great neighbors and it just, it felt really right. Although things felt right, something was wrong. Just after our closing, we had the house for a few days while we were packing up our stuff and getting ready for the move. Um, So I went and did a few loads and brought my kids just to kind of get them climatized to the house and set up a playroom for them and got the internet installed and kind of did all the little nitty gritty things to make it comfy and homey by the time we got there. And it didn't really feel normal like there was something off about it um there was a slight discomfort but I just thought it was moving jitters you know huge life change whatever first those first few days when the house was empty there was I kept on smelling like fresh cigarette smoke in the front entrance way and that came and went throughout the entire time we were in the house Uh, So I was at home alone with the kids again and trying to unpack everything. I put um, just a lampshade on top of a record player. But then the lampshade shot off the record player and landed on the floor. Okay, that's really strange. And kind of passed it off. (laughs) It was just... It just felt like something was there, but I I wasn't sure. (laughs) It was such an aggressive shot off, like for the lampshade, like the lampshade moving the way it did, that I realized that it wasn't obviously my brother. But then the disruptions got more intense. We we had some major sleep issues with our oldest daughter, Lila. Having a difficult time with her and her personality because of the lack of sleep was not easy to deal with either. So there was a moment uh, with, you know, my newborn daughter at the time and then Lila and I, everything just felt very heated and awful and I was very stressed and I was holding one kid in my arm and like trying to soothe the other on my lap and I just felt this hand on my back all of a sudden that was just like, like, you got this, it's okay. Like, it it was a very motherly, warm feeling. And that happened, I guess, about six months into living into the house. It it was very calming. It felt like, like I wasn't the, you know, it's not the first time that a mother's had to deal with these issues. And that, you know, it's that camaraderie that some moms have of just like, you know, it's okay. This sucks right now, but it will get better, you know. So I'm not sure, you know, if the person that was there bad for me because as it turned out, she was a woman. Um, I asked my neighbor after that incident whether or not somebody had died in the house. They said yes, and that Carl, my old neighbor, uh, was very close to this woman named Lizzie who lived in the house. And she lived there alone, died of old age. Uh, She had her bed set up in the front, or in our living room at the time. And she passed away there with her cat, JJ. So after the hand incident, I, I asked Corrine, my neighbor, and uh, 
her dad ended up filling me in on, you know, her history and what had happened to her and um, how he was the one who found her lying in her bed and how peaceful she looked and how amazing of a woman she was. Like, there was just a crazy backstory of, like, Nazi disfectorism and, like, all this, like... She had a really cool history. I wish I knew more or registered more of what he was saying because she seemed to be somebody I would have liked, you know? (laughs) Kate became very interested as to who Lizzie was. Lizzie was uh, born in Germany, I believe, just before... The Nazis took over. Uh, Her family were not uh, very compliant and ended up moving to Canada, where she bought her first house with her husband, which happened to be the house on Rutherford that we had bought. Um, So she lived there and raised her family there and ended up passing away there. JJ would often come to the house and sit by the door. Um, He came into the house a few times, which was interesting. Lizzie also decided to show herself in different ways. We'd see kind of, I guess people describe them as glitches, where you'd see the shadow kind of passing, and then the cigarette smoke would happen every so often. There were lots of cigarette burns in the old hardwood floors, and but it was always the smell of a fresh cigarette. And it was always at the front hallway, and none of our neighbors smoked. So that was the only thing that was like there constantly, was the cigarette smoke. So I asked about the cigarette smoking, and uh, yeah, at, Carl confirmed that she was a pretty heavy smoker at one point in time. So the house felt relatively normal besides the cigarette smoke. uh, And I didn't really feel Lizzie again, um, but I was more comfortable in the house or with the energy that was in the house at the time. So things remained comfortable in the house, according to Kay. But then their youngest daughter, Charlie, had to take a trip to the hospital. And when she returned, she didn't return alone. So uh, Charlie started having ear infections um, fairly frequently, and we did a, a long run of antibiotics. Like, she, she would come off of them, and you would think she would be better, and then we'd end up going back to the doctors again. So eventually, I just decided to take her to McMaster's Sick Kids Hospital in Hamilton. And we went to the eMERGE, and we sat there for a few hours. We went in... Um, They checked her out and gave her a pretty strong antibiotic at that point. So I figured after that, she would have been fine. A few days later, you know, we're doing the antibiotics. I felt like she was getting better. Um, She seemed fine during the day, but at night, she just kept on waking up and screaming at about four in the morning on, like, on cue every night. And it wasn't a normal distress cry for an 18-month-old girl. Uh, it was it was like a little bit more blood curdling. It was a little bit more traumatic or I like it seemed like she was either having nightmares, but it just kept going every single night. At that point, I started working again. Um, so I found myself working in studios, trying to hold it together, and was exhausted. And I just felt like I was screwing up constantly. So I confided in uh, my friend Heather and I talked to her about what was going on and kind of took that information and she went home and decided to talk to her neighbor who is considered a sensitive, maybe probably a medium, but she, she tapped in. This medium could psychically see what was going on in Kay's house. The medium 
tapped in and she said that um, a woman attached herself to Charlie when we were at the hospital. She said that the woman had lost a child during childbirth and that she passed away shortly after because of a drug overdose. She felt that Charlie was a good replacement for her daughter or there was some reason that she wanted to be with my kid. She was keeping Charlie up all night long, pretty much. Thought that maybe... Maybe it was nothing. Um, I also felt really nervous about everything. I wanted to protect my daughter. Also didn't want to be the crazy person believing what a random person had said to me about it. Um, I was going to let the woman in my house as an insurance policy. Like, maybe this isn't real. Maybe it is. Um, if she fixes something, that's great. If not, then we obviously have to explore other things that are keeping her up. So Kay called the medium. Booked an appointment with me about a week after uh, Heather and I spoke about what she felt was in my house. Um, and then that day, the day of the meeting, I went out with uh, another friend uh, with her deck of tarot cards because, again, I wasn't sure what I was inviting into my house or if I was crazy. And I just, I just felt like maybe just some clarity would be great. My friend pulled out uh, the upside down devil, which I guess represents um, finding out answers or getting answers to questions that I've been looking for. Uh, but something did happen that morning that was surprising. Um, my oldest daughter came up to me very randomly uh, that morning and showed me a toy that I hadn't seen in months. It, and she kept repeating in her little like three-year-old voice, which was not clear. She said, oh, oh, Cameron gave this to me. And I was just like, like, I just kept repeating different names because nothing made sense. I was like, who gave this to you? Where did you find this? And then she pointed out a photograph of my brother. Again, that was a good omen. Like he felt enough or was able to give my kid a toy just to show that he was there. But it, it definitely like started triggering that emotional roller coaster that happened that day. So anyway, a few hours later, they showed up at my house. So the medium showed up at Kay's house to help remove the spirit of this grieving mother. I, the day was such a weird day. There was like an ice storm, but it was still kind of warm outside. So there was just, it was like rainy puddles with ice covering them. It was a disgusting, disgusting day. I was home with the kids. Uh, Heather came with the medium um, and tried to occupy my kids while all of the stuff was going on because I just needed to see what was happening. She came in and she had um, one of those meter... An EMF meter. And then a high-frequency uh, microphone. A parabolic microphone. To see if she could hear anybody in the house or if she could see where the activity was. So the first thing she did was uh, she went through the house with the scanner and uh, picked up a lot of activity in Charlie's room. And the rest of the house was like 
pretty, pretty boring. So all the activity was centered around her crib. The medium came in and started staging the house after she did her scan. Uh, she did the Lord's Prayer, which as an atheist, I wasn't super comfortable with. Started going into like, we're coming with love and light, um, but you can't stay. Like it was just constant, the constant mantra of like, we wish you well, but this isn't your home and it's time to go. So she did all the corners in the house, uh, all the windowsills. Um, and she also said it was a full house. So then I was just like, well, who else is here? She's like, there's a lot of people protecting your daughter. So then we started piecing things through and she was able to communicate with a few of the spirits. Lizzie made herself known right away. She also said to her that it was her house and she wasn't leaving, which was fine. She didn't need to leave. My brother was there and my grandmother was there. My grandmother and this Lizzie woman had become friends in the afterlife because they had similar experiences during the war. And then my brother. So it, it was apparently a very boisterous group. And I was told that, you know, Charlie does wake up sometimes because they, they wake her up. I was able to communicate with my brother a little bit through the medium, which was amazing. And I did get a lot of answers from him that I had questions about whether or not he was in an accident or if it was a suicide or if it was other things. But he um, came through and he was a bit mad at me for thinking that it could have been a suicide. <laughs> you know, like, what are you thinking? You knew better than that. It then came time to reason with the grieving mother. Every so often, the medium would, you know, do her blinky eye thing where she's picking up a lot of information and... The woman didn't want to leave. She said that Charlie was her daughter and that was that. She wasn't going to leave her. Super emotional. It was super sad. Uh, we all felt this woman's pain and it, it was intense. And the three of us, the medium, Heather and I, all felt this really crazy wave of emotion and almost like our breath was being taken away as the spirit was exiting the house. The whole thing with her kind of got trumped with this idea of like my whole family hanging out and protecting my kid, you know, like it just, it was all very strange. But it was time to say goodbye. The energy was ramping up in the house. And I just remember Heather walking up and down the attic stairs and then, um, and Heather was felt like she was being pushed against the wall. It was just like the energy was just pushing everybody to the side. And it was just a strong exit out the front door. I really, it's strange. I don't remember what happened. It was just a whirlwind. <laughs> Kay felt empathy towards this spirit. She wasn't bad. She was just lost and longing to play the role she was intended to. So, I, I don't know, I guess I'm just always a firm believer of that we're always a few bad choices away from, you know, living a totally different life in different circumstances. Um, and I had a like, I don't know, I just had a little bit of experience with uh, drug addictions, not personally, but with people around me. Um, you know, she could have been anybody. She could have been somebody that I had known in the past or known a similar person. So I... I have a lot of empathy towards those kinds of circumstances. Um, and I mean, child loss, although I haven't experienced it it, it, it is totally traumatic for so many people and it is so common. 
the fact that she felt the same way I felt about or feel about Charlie was, it was really nice to think that somebody loved my daughter as much as I did. And I, I don't know, it, it is a weird thing to think about. It's like, uh, like, I'm not going to give you my kid, but uh, like, I want to give you yours back. Like, she attached herself to my daughter for the right reasons, I guess. At the end, she was finished staging. The spirit had gone, um, but my family members still were there. Mainly a back and forth with my brother, which was really nice because I guess we just need to check in every so often. He does visit my mom and, you know, yeah, he's just watching over all of us at the same time. And the medium tries not to communicate too much with the spirits because of that whole thing of like becoming a walking Ouija board or welcoming a spirit into yourself, which I'm learning all of this stuff just recently anyway. So after the medium left, uh, it took a few days for Charlie to get back on a regular sleep pattern. Um, but then after that, like the, the vibe in the house had changed. They, uh, everything felt a lot lighter. We had no more incidences. It just felt pretty normal. Actually, the cigarette smoke thing popped up. It would still happen. The phantom smoke always stayed. <laughs> so that'd be the only thing that kind of stayed present throughout our entire time in the house. But this story doesn't end here. I, leading up to our second anniversary in the house, we uh, decided to sell it and uh, bought a house that was closer to the school that we wanted our kids to go to. Um, and that suited us a little bit better and nobody was buying it. So we jumped on the opportunity and upgraded. It was fine at first. I felt, I didn't feel alone in the house, but I assumed it would have been my brother checking in again or a family member just seeing where we're at and didn't really notice too much. I would have glitches that were frequent in the house. Um, so just the shadows passing by the front door. Sometimes I felt like I could see, you know, somebody passing by me, like upstairs in the attic or whatever. And again, because of Kay's curiosity, she found herself chatting with the neighbors. And I got a bit of the history of the house uh, from my neighbor, but it didn't really get into too many details. We bought it from a couple who were in this house for 10 or 15 years. Um, and then the people that lived there before uh, before them, the father got quite sick. Um, he had leukemia or like something terminal. Um, so they decided to kind of build an apartment in the attic, let him just kind of be sick or recover or just go through the illness um, in a quiet space. So I didn't really think too much about that at all. He didn't pass away here. I didn't have any weird vibes. I assumed there was nothing odd about this house. I was sitting in the attic. I may have been half asleep on the couch, but I felt like it sounded like there was a critter or something like climbing up the side of the couch. And I jumped too, and I was I just assumed that I was just falling asleep or something and having a really weird dream, but it was it was really real sounding. <laughs> I didn't really investigate. I just kind of sloughed it off and moved on. But it started to get creepier. I never really felt alone in the house. Like I kind of started feeling like somebody was watching me. I started feeling like I was 
getting these itchy spots on my neck. Like my skin wasn't red. It just felt like, it felt like my skin was crawling at times. And I, I sloughed that off as well. But then something happened that she couldn't ignore. I was lying in my bed one night. Kay thought her husband had walked into the room. Yeah, it was the creaky footsteps of like an old house and the door slightly opening. The covers pulled over my head. I felt like he had come into my to our room um, and sat on the edge of the bed. Yeah, and then I felt like the impression of a body sitting on the edge of a bed. Like it was really, it was so real. It was like so freaky. And of course I told Derek about this and he, he didn't, he didn't respond. He thought I was nuts. But then Derek got to experience what Kay had been talking about. So uh, one night Derek and I were sitting on our couch in our living room on the main floor and uh, our kids were in the basement playing with their toys and we have an automated rocking horse and you press their ears and it will neigh on one ear, or, you know, gallop if you press the other ear. Uh, the horse was up in, I believe, Lila's room at the time and it just started neighing out of nowhere. And Derek and I looked at each other and he's just like, I said, did you hear that? He said, yes. And I was like, do you believe me now? Because at that point I was like, there is somebody in this house and I am done. So then about another week later, um, my mom was over at the house. Uh, she came upstairs on her own to go use the washroom. She came out of the washroom and she saw a figure of a man, a very tall man passing by. It was almost like he was peeking out to see who was there. And at that point, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call this medium again because like, I need this guy out. Like if he's being ballsy enough to come into my room and sit on my bed and now he's playing with the kids' toys, like what else is going on? And then Charlie's sleep started becoming disrupted again. She stopped sleeping well at night again. Um, and so she basically, the medium told me not to press Charlie about it uh, because it's their secret. And that he is watching and he is listening and he is in your room often watching you and like, he's not a good guy. We need to get him out of the house. So again, Kay asked for help from this medium and her husband who came to the house to get rid of this guy. A few days she showed up at the house. Uh, she told me not to talk about it out loud um, because she didn't want him to know that she was coming. Basically told us to clear out. She's like, I'm going to be there at 11 o'clock in the morning. I don't want anybody in the house. Just leave me a key. So the morning uh, that the medium was coming, I wrote a text message to Derek to say, like, make sure you're out of the house by 11. Like, we got to get rid of this guy. And of course, he he just read it out loud. He's, God damn it. You know, he knows. He knows she's coming. And that made this man mad. The medium pulled up in the driveway with her husband um, and she, her breathing started changing and she realized that he knew 
she was coming. So when she got to the door and unlocked the door, they both walked in and apparently this tall man came barreling down the stairs and towered over her. Tried to, you know, overpower her right away. Um, and he was apparently trying to explain to her, like, this is my house, I belong here. Um, she wasn't accepting any of the information that he was giving her. Her husband started going into the Lord's Prayer and he felt his voice kind of leaving his body as if he couldn't get it out. Medium noticed that, so she took over and started saying the Lord's Prayer. Um, she continued saging the house, uh, eventually was able to get him out. He was incredibly stubborn. He wanted to stay. He liked her kids. He liked the house. He just, I don't know, he just felt like this was his home and he was staying. Uh, she kept on repeating the prayers uh, and then the coming with love and light, as she always does. Um, and then she said after an hour, he eventually just left. So finally, this man, who wasn't bad, just stubborn, left their house. And Kay's curiosity took over. Well, after I called her after she said she had left, um, and I was like, who is this person? Like, I want to know why he's here. So I called my old neighbor to find out more information about the man that lived in this house before. And her old neighbor was able to provide her with the information she wanted. Before he was sick, I mean... I guess when he got his diagnosis, um, his daughter was about the same age as Charlie. That's why he started hanging out with her quite a bit or attached himself to her again. And uh, he was really tall and really lean. So he fit the description of the spirit my mom saw in my bedroom. And I guess my bedroom would have been his, you know, marital bedroom or whatever, like where he would have spent time before he was getting sick. So it makes sense why he was spending time there too. I guess it was a happier time. The old owner of the house was here. He came back and that was that. It was just creepy. But also the drugs that he was on and like the itching of the neck. Cause when I talked to you about it, you were saying like, well, I wonder if he was on drugs. And it's like, well, he was on a lot of drugs. Like. And literally the night after, Charlie slept like a baby <laughs> every single night. Totally fine. Derek still doesn't believe me. <laughs> yeah, the house is quiet since. And it's also kind of like, it feels like there's something missing in a weird way. Is that odd thing to say? Because there was so much here that I just, I don't know. Yeah, it feels almost too quiet in a way. Well, I mean, it's only been a few weeks since the medium was here. Um, so no, I haven't had anything since, which I'm grateful for. I like the idea that I'm not alone. I like the idea that once matter is created, it can't be destroyed. That was always something my brother always said to me. And I found it interesting that uh, he, he said that shortly before he passed away, <laughs> that I feel like I have these guardian angels of sorts. Um, I just don't know where it fits with the rest of my beliefs. If you're open to it and you're receptive and these things just happen, I don't know. And some people are just on the same loops and they just cross over all the time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no answers for that. <laughs> We're just all in the loops. 
And that is it. That's the answer. Ultimately, we'll never know until we cross over. But I am happy that sometimes we receive signs from those that watch over us. And it gives me comfort to think that they'll be there to greet us. And that they're anxiously waiting for our arrival. If you have a story you've been hiding, submit it to us at geistpodcast.com. Geist is written and directed by me, Daniel Matar. Original score and sounds by Bo Jensen. Geist web artwork is by Jake Carruthers. Special thanks goes to Kay Pollock, Lauren Hayes, and Neil Romagnoli. Follow us on Instagram at geist underscore podcast. And don't forget to rate Geist and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It makes it easier for people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, sleep tight. On the next episode of Geist. Slingshot effects. And there was like this whoosh, like very strong rushing in my ears. And all of a sudden, I was way, 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 way up in space. Up, 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 up.